Welcome to Concession Impressions, the podcast, the way of podcasting. That Host- is that is what we do. Yep. Hosted by Michelangelo and me, Charles. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Concession Impressions is a podcast where we watch a movie and then we immediately give our review in the backseat of my car because that's how professionals do it, especially ones that don't get screeners. Exactly. So once you hear our audio get better, then you know that's where we really made it. When you hear our audio gets better and we're releasing a week before (laughs) before the movie comes out. Not the night it comes out. Or two nights after. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, we don't have time for that. We have, we just watched the three and a half hour film. Oh, case. God. There's a lot to go over. Oh, man. So today, if you haven't noticed from clicking on the episode or um, from what we're talking about thus far, we're going to be reviewing Avatar The Way of Water. does so much in this it's amazing all the water bending yeah fuck the airbenders well actually i was thinking that this is already the next movie just needs to to introduce the the earthbenders and they have the whole the whole thing so i have a theory about that actually okay about what i think they're adding up to because like the the earth people are firebenders right because they came literally from fire they burned like the entire thing like there, the Fire Nation came intact one day. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then the... Well, the Sky People. The Sky People... Who, who are, are like from Earth. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the main character from the, the first movies... Yeah, the Na'vi. Yes. Are from the first movie. Well, I think they're all Na'vi. I think Na'vi is just their term for human. Okay. So the Na'vi from the first movie, the dark blue-hued right. Na'vi... The forest Na'vi. Are the airbenders. Because they, they fly the air creature, the yeah. flying creatures. And they like, live on floating mountains in, yeah. the, in the tundras. Just like Aang. Not the tundras. Tundras are like deep water forest, right? I'm Whatever. A, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> and this one, they're the waterbenders, right? The water tribe. Tundras are like ice things, right? Anyway, never I, mind. I, I'm now totally sidetracked on what a tundra is. I will worry. Google it later. Don't worry. Okay. We have Minecraft for those kind of things. <laughs> Next yes. one, we just need the Earthbenders. So I do kind of think we're going to get, like, Sand Navi next, or possibly, like, I really think that's it, Sand Navi. Now, do you think they're going to be, like, yellow-blue? Yellow, yeah, like green? yellowy-green, yeah. That'd be cool. I don't know. And they're going to have, like, things that, like, glide through the sand. Like snake things. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be Dune. They're gonna they then we're gonna remake that, Dune. <laughs> they're gonna find out that the other part of the planet is just the Dune world. Oh, oh my gosh. and then Timothy Chalamet is gonna come out, and he's like, that would be the most interesting crossover. Plus, Timothy Chalamet already has the body of a Navi. You mean like long, skinny, like alien esque? Oh yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> so Avatar: The Way of Water is the the sequel to the 2009 The Avatar by James Cameron. Not the one directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, not Avatar The Last Airbender. This takes place several years after the original. The main character has now started a family. Humans come back and they they They've gone to another tribe to hide. 
that's basically it. And then they get attacked. And How old is the son, the, the human son? Spider. What a name. I, I was going to say that was the most confusing part for me uh, was the time. Because the only thing I remember, I mean, the movie's three hours long and I think they probably went over it, but I just don't remember. So they go over Spider. They show him going from like a toddler to maybe like 17, 18. Yeah. And also they show the main couple having their baby and then having another kid and then having another kid. So. Oh, yeah. Time goes on like time goes by really quickly. I don't remember in the first one because it's been about. 10 years since I've watched it. Do they have kids by the end of the first one? I don't think so. Unless it was like the very, very So do end. Navi age faster than humans? Well, that was the thing I was interested about was that how old is the oldest son? Is he the same age as Spider? And then It the, seems like they're all roughly the same age. And then the... But he seems like the same age as the second brother. Right, there's one that's like slightly older. But that wouldn't make sense, right? I it, like, it doesn't make any sense because Spider should be the oldest of them all. Yeah, yeah. So maybe and, he is older. And not trying to hook up with the the younger sister. Or is she Well, she's she's older I, because it doesn't uh... it also doesn't make sense when she is born or how she is born or why she is born. Like well, okay, so for the, for the viewer, uh, we're, we're rambling right now because uh, we literally, this is our, our fresh viewing, but... And this movie's confusing. This is, I will also say it is, I think, purposely confusing because this is the sequel, the the second of five of, five of his Pentilogy. Sure. Is that what you call it? Let's call it the Pentology, Pentilogy. Pentology. I have no idea. Um, sounds a right. A lot of things are unanswered in this film. And they probably will remain unanswered until maybe the third, fourth, or even the last film. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think James Cameron specifically said that um, before making this film, he actually mapped out the entire story for this one, two, two, for two, three, four, and five. So I think, you know, a lot of those things we're kind of rambling about and we're not sure we can even probably even make like a whole nother episode on just like theories for the next one or whatever yeah but i think it is a little confusing the time especially since the only time they ever actually officially jump time is at one point they say one year later everything else is kind of more just you have to pick up from visual cues like what someone's pregnant and then they have a baby or something like that and you're like okay i guess the X amount of time has passed that a Navi takes to give birth. Right. Um, Which is a hard thing to do because it's all alien to us. So picking up on time cues in an alien world doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And that was actually something that I thought too. Sometimes I was, um, this is maybe going a little too far, but some things of like the CG, I was like, oh, that character kind of flew a little weirdly or like it looked, that jump looked a little weird. But I'm thinking, like, wait, I have to remember that this is also not Earth. So we don't even necessarily know how gravity works on this planet. Right. And, and all those things, especially since how, like... I think I remember that does get slightly explained in the first one. But I, from my sheer, like, memory from, like, 13 years ago when the last one came out, the technology of the CGI particularly is so much better in this one than the first one. 
Yes. So there's two things I want to say before I want to go deeper into like spoilers and more really uh, jump into like the nitty gritty of this film. One is what do you think of Avatar as a whole? The series? The series, I guess. Coming into this one, how do you feel about the first one? So the first one, I don't particularly have like a lot of love for. I think it's, I think it's for what it is, a feat of engineering more so than like a great film. Um, and this one, I sort of feel the same way. It's a feat of engineering in the same way that like a brand new roller coaster is a feat of engineering as opposed to like a magnificent story that I, I really connect to on any deep level. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. What uh, about you? I think I will say something and then I'm going to say another thing that's going to kind of counter counterdict the first thing I say. Hypocrite. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of the Avatar. It's it's a cool idea. Um, I mean, the idea is pretty much dancing with wolves, but aliens. Yes. Um, but I think I love the world and I love the like creation of it. I think James Cameron does a really great job in general about creating these stories and worlds and kind of visualists. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think I'm a fan of Avatar. However, I've only watched it once. I've only watched it in theaters originally. Since then until now, I've only seen like scenes, bits and pieces here and there. But it's not a movie that people rewatch. It's not, but it was, you know, the highest grossing. Is it still the highest grossing film or did, did, did Avengers I think it's it? second or third now, but it was at the time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was for the longest time the highest grossing film. I will say this also, and I, this is what I want to segue into next is... Uh, what is your scoop metric? What, How many scoops will you give this? I think my scoop metric is going to be higher than my, my actual rating of the film. Because I think this is a worthwhile experience to go to the theater and like just kind of live in this world for like a few hours. I, I, I think it's not even worth it to like watch after. But I think it's more worth it to to watch in theaters and experience just the technical feat, even in 3D, which I hate 3D. As a person who wears glasses, I fucking hate wearing a second pair of glasses over my glasses just to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get headaches, really, throughout this entire time. I'm surprised. I normally do. It's normally such a hassle. But it really was great, visually. So, how many scoops would that be? From zero scoops I will to say, Nazi and one to maybe... I'll say two scoops for this. I think you should see it. Okay, I will... Especially if you like film at all. Like, this is a technical masterpiece on, on a purely technical level. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Two Scoops, definitely go see it. In theaters. In theaters. Go see it in That's theaters. That's what the scoop metric is about. Yeah. It's the theater. I will say that it's, it's pure, like, escapist, Yeah. Um, Marvel-adjacent. But I think it is better than most Marvel films that came out recently. Let's go and maybe just pause there and just take a break and then just jump into spoilers and kind of talk about it. Spoiler! Let's go into spoilers. So going back to earlier where you said about how uh, it's humans come back and it's a tribe... They go to a new tribe and they it's kind of almost rehashing the first film, just 
kind of. I actually thought this movie was funny because I feel like I could pick out moments from all of James Cameron's filmography where we're referencing himself, which is such a James Cameron thing to do because he is notoriously full of himself. Uh, I can I can tell. <laughs> like yeah, we get our Titanic moments. Mm. We get our Terminator moments with the robots attacking. We get our past Avatar moments. Uh, with the same like long arm robots, we get our alien moments. Yeah, well, but I think in terms of if you were to watch the first one, it's pretty much if you were to summarize the first one and summarize this one, it's practically the same story, yes. except slightly changing who is going to where. Like I think the first one has a stronger story because it's focused on really a singular character. Yeah, and this one's more of the family, right? So. It, it's not it it, or hops even around. even yeah not even that like several groups of people there, so I, I I would agree with that and I would say that this one and it's kind of sad because I was actually really excited about this one because I would also say that James Cameron James Cameron is also very very good at making sequels. Now hot take I think James Cameron makes the best sequels. Okay. Terminator two better than Terminator one. Titanic two. Better than Titanic one. <laughs> Aliens? Sure. Better than Alien? Actually, I don't know. That one's maybe a little bit... They're all a little different. I think yeah. the first one of all of them are more horror, I think, right? Terminator, the first one's more horror-y. Alien is more horror than the second one. Um, this, one's, this one feels just like a rehash of the first one, rather than like completely going to yeah. a new thing. The only difference is that the first one felt more like a standalone story, while this... The change in this film, rather than going like changing mood, it changes story direction in terms of now it knows it's a big franchise, so it's it's more of setting things up in the long term. It almost felt like Star Wars, where it's like, oh, who's Ray's who's Ray's father? Oh, who's Scorny Weaver's weird half baby child things? <laughs> who's the father for her? You know, like it suffers from middle film syndrome. Mm-hmm where it just has a bunch of loose ends that it can't tie up yet because we have to fill seven other movies. Yeah. And I, there's no main... Like, they literally bring back the same main antagonist. Yeah, and actually, that was something I was confused about because in this film, a lot of the characters who have died in the first film, like Scorny Weaver and the main bad guy and everything, are now brought back into this film as, like, clones or reincarnations or like Sigourney Weaver's playing her child and this is yeah the thing I was confused about was like why if they have this technology where they have all their um brain data and everything like that I don't know like why do they ever die why do they ever die and also why do they only just make one why don't they just make like like why don't they just stormtrooper like clone trooper it and yeah just make like okay he's this best soldier why don't we just make a thousand of that best soldier? A and thousand then... Stephen Langs. Yeah. And just... why is he like, there's no real reason why he is in a Navi body in this movie. No, there is. They say that because when the humans go in there, the wildlife attack him. So they put him in a Navi body. So then he's more camouflaged. Yeah. But that was after they explained that later down. I'm saying, why wouldn't they have, you know, the capabilities of cloning him into his body? human younger human body oh i see like why also did they start this experiment because obviously it started 
during or prior to Avatar, the first movie. Right. So why do they kind of have it? I think, yeah, you know I don't what, know. Just another glaring plot hole, not really plot hole, but stupid thing that um, also just came to mind because of that. If they have the capability of putting you into younger bodies of, and clones of yourself, which they must, if they're able to clone Navi, why do they need the whale brain juice to make people live forever? So what I understood, <laughs> the thing, what I understood was that you're not the same person. Like he's the clone of, they kept saying that, but like, ooh, we're getting into like this a very philosophical. We're getting into an interesting, very interesting thing. Now, I, I would say, do that the Navi have a soul? I feel like they, I think they're different people. In my in my perspective, mm. I think they're different. But now the whole Navi thing is going to be interesting because in the first film, Scorny Weaver talks about how the whole like the mother tree is pretty much like a large um, SSD hard drive. Yeah, that can just like download people's like when people connect to it, they're kind of more or less connecting and downloading their memories and whatnot. Yeah. So I think there's a I my theory is that Sigourney Weaver's baby is a baby of more of the tree. I think so as well. And I think that's why she can kind of control the wildlife in a way and, Mm -hmm. and do these weird kind of creepy, weird stuff. Oh, my God. I just had a brain chasm. Whoa. That was a not horrible that's, way of putting it. That's not the, not the words I was expecting. I, I just had a like, oh, I know where they're going with the entire series. Okay. All right, let's lay it out, Chase. So I have two predictions about right, where the story is going. Now. I have I have a crazy one that's not going to happen, but I just want to throw it out there. But all right, throw out one of them. Go. All right. So Kiri, I think by the very end, what's going to happen potentially with Kiri's character is that she's going to end up going to another planet and starting. A whole new like world tree thing on another planet. Uh huh. I can see that because I think what possibly they, on Earth. What they alluded to in the first film was that the they were not indigenous to this planet to begin with. Oh, I don't with. even remember that. Interesting. That like they kind of connect to it, and also they it has something to do with the planet or something. I forgot exactly what it was, but even like when you go to the water place, remember how like the the crazy gravitational pull of the islands kind of per, like perfectly encapsulate the planet mm. which is like a very interesting thing so there's like a lot of you know kind of this weird almost like it's a living organism that kind of came to this planet possibly or some of that and colonized um, it yeah it might be an interesting t- take um but what if they come to colonize planet Earth. Now, now here's the thing. Here's here's. Can I go with, with my uh? What's my, your my crazy, crazy theory? Thing? All right, that they are all an alien, but they're a good alien, right? Like they live off of life, and they they have like this more like yin and yang kind of thing, and they celebrate life and and being like against the machine and against war and kind of being peaceful, right? Opposite of that, that that yang right is this dark future of destruction and of pure pure disaster which are the xenomorphs which are so he's going to connect the alien franchise interesting and, and avatar and it's going to be an a a double a movie alien versus Ab- avatar alien versus avatar 
I don't. Predator I, I don't want to. Jason versus. I don't want to see it. Versus Freddy. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too. I don't. Think I wouldn't be, be surprised. Honestly, uh, that sounds like something he would do. That would be an interesting idea, actually. But anyways, let's hear your other, your second thing. I think the first one so far, I think I agree with. Um, I think that might most likely would happen, or it could possibly happen. But let's hear your second one. So my second one is more about how the next several movies are going to play out. I think, and this is possibly because I'm just very familiar with this story, this real life historical event I am currently writing for a movie that I'm working on is the the story of the Iroquois Confederacy. Okay. So in Native American history and kind of Native Canadian history, okay, there were several tribes that were all kind of fighting with each other, and then one person from one tribe that was like a particularly warring tribe went around and linked all. He got he gets kicked out of his own tribe first, and then he goes from tribe to tribe to tribe, basically developing relationships and building a stronger army than the one army that wants to fight everybody so that they know that they can't win and then they broker a peace deal called the iroquois confederacy it's the first confederacy on the planet basically that we're aware of at least interesting okay directly inspired benjamin franklin to suggest the american confederacy okay i i can see that happening too and i think actually that is seems well, actually what i thought as well is because mm-hmm. like i can see the next film him going into the sand, the sand people. people then there's going to be like the rocky mountain people the blizzard people and then that's how they all he unites all the different tribes to mm-hmm. fight back right once he's mastered all the elements <laughs> exactly you know then he can go back and and fight the fire nation <laughs> exactly um, i think i i actually do agree i think both those theories i think will hold up to some extent right yeah He's either directly inspired by the Iroquois Confederacy or has landed it, on it. it. It makes sense, though, yeah. too, because the first one feels such like a copy of Dancing with Wolves, mm-hmm. which is also like an indigenous like American kind of story. Yeah. And I think I can definitely see how he would take inspiration from different like Native um, American stories to kind of kind of to craft this story um so i can see it i do see it now um i I don't want to get too much into future movies to theorizing for this film we already talked for quite a while so i want to go into more of just overall thought i think this movie was a great watch it actually almost didn't feel like three hours there were some points that were maybe a little slow but i think when it gets slow you at least have something really beautiful to look at. Yes. So even it, the, like the story gets slow, you're like, wow, look at these water effects. Look at these crazy landscapes. Look at these crazy creatures. And then the story gets interesting. You're like, oh, okay, look at this crazy story, this action and everything like that. And I think at no point you either have one or the other where you kind of, it holds your attention throughout. And I think it does a great job in that. I mean, again, it's it's not not a sophisticated really thing. It, again, I'm comparing it to Marvel. It, it's more along the lines of like a pure action escapist kind of film. And I think it hits high marks on that scale. Uh, and I think the two points that I would say I didn't really like of this film was the story kind of felt rehashed from the first film, but less successfully. It just feels, yeah, it's treading the same water. Hey. Uh, 
And it's not as successful, I agree. Yeah, okay. And I don't think the first one, for me personally, was that successful at really holding to task kind mm-hmm. of the problems of colonialism and the problems of attacking a foreign world. I agree. For resources. I agree. Um, and the capitalism of it all. It just kind of vaguely touches upon those things, and it's like, yes, we're evil capitalists that suck out whale goo. Brain juice. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a sort of very shallow critique, but I, I, I don't necessarily expect it to give a deep critique, because I agree with you, that's not really its, its purpose. Its purpose is to be a purely escapist film. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think on that it succeeds. Yeah, and I think also, the other thing I will say that how I would describe it is it is the world, as of right now, the world's best three-hour-long video game cutscene. Yes, exactly. I 100% agree. It feels like that the entire time. It, it is, it looks amazing, but it, you know how like a video game cutscene just sometimes feels like a video game cutscene? Mm-hmm. It, a lot of the times, feels like that. It feels like so CG and sometimes like uncanny or I don't know, somewhat weird about the visual effects or like maybe the gravity or the the simulation of cloth at sometimes. Sometimes it's so beautiful and so well done and other times it just you're kind of like, huh? Kind of like did I or my three D glasses on weird or something like that? Like did I see this wrong or Yeah. What, you know, there's often scenes that don't have as much love put into them. They just can't. You can't physically, you know, go in and, and fix every little detail over 13 years. True. I, mean, I suppose you could try, but not without paying more than they paid. Mm-hmm. This film has improved upon all the visual effects from the first one. I actually think for me, it, I, I almost didn't even really even care about those little mini problems because like the rest of it was so good mm-hmm. and I, I, I wasn't taken out of it at all, which was surprising because normally it, I feel like I would have been, I, I got taken out of avatar. The first one many times. I remember it feels like, like these people are like on a green screen half of the time. Mm-hmm. And this one, I don't think it does most of almost 98, 98% of it feels like they're not. It tricks like, it's so confusing. There's so many times that I was like, this water looks so good. Mm-hmm. It must be real. And then I'm thinking like, is it, is it VFX? Like, I don't know. Sometimes like, cause I know they filmed on like their own ocean set stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what's real and what's not real because it's so perfect. So much of, of it looks so good. I, I, and I think that's why you have to see it in theaters because you get the biggest screen. Yeah. I actually, I almost want to see this in, an Omnimax, my favorite theater. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> There's very few Omnimaxes around. I love the Omnimax because it fills your entire field of vision, even with the 3D. So, like, I think that would be the most immersive experience for this. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, a VR experience. I almost think oh. this would be, like, an amazing, amazing VR film. For the first time, I've never met, I've never seen a VR film that I thought, like, okay, this really takes advantage of VR. This would be, like holy shit, like just live in this world for like a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be a really, that would be really cool. With this level of detail, 360, this is where VR should be going. My main critique of this film is that there really isn't a story. (laughs) 
like there is, but it's it's not it's not well told in my opinion because there's no character development that we really see or get much of. There's no like oh well, well okay I take that back. There's a couple of characters that get some little minor pockets of development, but it does suffer from middle movie middle movie syndrome to the point where we don't really get an end to their character development or any big large arc. But a lot of this movie feels a little bit to me like reading a Wikipedia page, but for an alien planet where you're like, oh, that's so neat that these water Navi, you know, have better lung capacity or something like, or, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't like that, though. I, again, like I was like, that's kind of cool. Like their tails are a bit like it shows that branch and evolution between yeah. the different, the different like, the, but that's the thing I also thought it's was like neat. But is it engaging? I feel like there's a better movie that could have been told. And here's my pitch. If I was in the writer's room, okay. my pitch would be to make the movie almost entirely from the perspective of uh, Stephen Lang's, whatever his character is called. He's the general guy that comes yeah, back. Yeah. And have him have a change of heart where he comes in. Especially if they're going to kind of do a similar thing where they're just attacking the tribe again. <laughs> Like this time he's the one who gets the kind of experience and Sully and his family, cause Sully's not the middle of this. I don't know why they choose to focus on Sully so much. He's a boring ass character who's really annoying and kind of abusive to his kids. <laughs> I didn't like him at all in this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or, or the other character that you could focus on would be Zoe Sultana's character. I think she had hmm. some great moments in this. Really, really heartfelt moments, at least. Yeah, I think she was kind of underused, too. Mm-hmm. Like, but with the Stephen Lane character, I think you could... I see that. that kind of, but then that's, that's almost completely redoing the first movie again. 100%, 100%. Only this time, we have his son in the mix. We have him battling the fact that he is now a Na'vi, and that's his, you know, his default now. We have him basically learning like like they go out of their way to show that he he accepts navi traditions somewhat now and is able to like you know i think they're sorry to cut you off but you know continue i'm kind of feel like i'm pulling a lot of parallels to star wars Mm -hmm. but i feel like he's the darth vader character i feel like probably by movie three four or five i think that might be his story arc but i I think they just didn't want to do it now Uh, for this film though what would you give it in terms of a concession impression? I'll give it a very, a half full popcorn. So like borderline popcorn hot dog. Yeah. So popcorn is like a good review and, and hot dog is, an, oh, not a, right. in, the, in the red. Because it's not unsatisfying. Well, it is. There are elements to it. Like I think the storytelling is fairly lacking and okay. unsatisfying. But I think that's not really what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I think because of on that point, I'm gonna just give my ranking, which is I will give it peanut M and M's. Really? Yeah, I think it's. I think I'm that, shocked. <laughs> that's a major rating. I think peanut M and M's is the highest rating. So peanut M and M's, popcorn, hot dog, and then raisinets. The reason why I'm giving it peanut M and M's is that it took the first film and it's James Cameron way, and it made the second one better or equally as good and i think this one in terms of just visually from the first one to this one it just looks so nice 
just that alone, I think, gets it so much points. This story for this one is not the best, though, like just the story. I think, I think the, barely enough. The world that he's building and the story that could be has given me enough hope to give it an initial peanut M&M score. That'd be like, I'm putting my trust in you, James Cameron. You've practically created my childhood. So I am putting trust in you that you won't ruin this one. Now, I will say Terminator, Aliens, all didn't end well. So we'll see how this one ends. But I think that the first few of each of those series were pretty good. So Mm -hmm. we'll see... um, We'll see how James Cameron does uh, on the next few films. Regardless, I think for an escapist film, I think it does a great job. It It's a good action flick. It's it's long, but it, it doesn't feel the as bad. And I think, yeah, even like a lot of the fight scenes were really like going from like... That last fight scene was such a great Cameron classic fight scene. It was, yes, it was... A, it was so well thought out and everything and it, it just a lot of it was great i think it's it's not engaging in terms of a, it's not like a you're not going to go home and be thinking about how yeah. deep this film is for the next few weeks but i think in pure escapist terms i think this it does full marks i think for me there are definite moments where it shines i 100 percent agree i think for me i just need a story and the story is just a little a little too lacking for me. There are little things that, uh, this is really like a problem of like, I think poorly done sci-fi. <laughs> mm. uh, is it's just the, the, there are little things about the world that just aren't fully thought out, but this really isn't a sci-fi film. This is really more like science fantasy. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's totally worth seeing in theaters, which is why I gave it a, a two scoop rating. I think go over the holidays, see it with your family, you know, have fun. I don't think this will be a movie I will ever personally watch again, probably. No, I think, I, I agree with you that it's, I think, go watch it in movie theaters over the holidays. It's a great thing to uh, kind of gather everyone around and, and watch it. And I genuinely, and I will hardly ever say this, I genuinely think it's worth it to see it in 3D. It did hurt my eyes a little bit at sometimes, but you I think... You were closer to the theater than I was. I, so I, sit farther in the back, maybe. Sure. I, I will say that I did enjoy it as well. I think it was fun. Especially when go they go underwater. water. And they're swimming, and there's all these like colorful, glowing things flying in and out at you. It's it's fun. I want to see it on an Omnimax. <laughs> okay, go watch it again on an Omnimax. But that'll be it for us today. We'll catch you all in the next one. That's that's it for this episode. Go follow us at, at Film Cookbook on Instagram. Yes, Twitter and Instagram at Film Cookbook. Yeah. That's the sound to get out of here. <laughs> We're about to be murdered by a chainsaw-wielding crazy man. Denji. All right. <laughs> B- bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. bye. bye.